Hey, Jason, you know I love acronyms, right? And we've got the Making Chips acronym book, right? Yeah, so what do you want to add to it? Well, it's called FSBS. Are you swearing in that I one? I am not swearing in that. And it's all about Pro Shop ERP. So what does it mean? What we're using. It's for- Let me guess. The S means shop. For shops- buy shops. Well, that's how that software was made. It was. Shop floor guys developed this software, and let me tell you, it is no BS. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is truly challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined in the Making Ship studio today by my good friend, partner, and co-host, Nick Golner. Nick, welcome. Welcome, man. Yeah. I made it. You did. <laughs> Nick, we're going to really strip down this episode today, make it kind of a serious one because this country, this world is facing a legitimate pandemic right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, uneasiness in business owners like you and I and everyone listening to the show right now. And there's just so much unknown out there. So the objective of this show is to talk about the state of the world right now, how to cope, ease fear and anxiety that many of us are feeling right now. And we want to discuss how COVID-19 has and will affect the economy our habits, our hygiene, future travel, investing opportunities, and ultimately the impact on manufacturing. Since this breaking news and special report from Making Chips, we've decided to abandon our typical show structure and just have candid conversation from the Making Chips partners about their emotion experience so far, and of course, our opinion. So Nick, how are you doing, by the way? I mean, how, how are you managing the, the last few weeks? The, you know, the news changes so dramatically and so often, I feel like my head is swirling. Well, you know, I've been through quite the experience myself. We've been yeah. talking about it almost daily. You know, everyone's going through a tough time right now. It's, it's not just me, but with the international travel I was doing, I actually came home with a cold. Oh, really? Yeah. My wife was extremely fearful, and I was just kind of like how I always am. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's just a cold. I've had- Blow you know, my nose. Yeah, exactly. Take a couple aspirin, couple, you're good. Small cough, no big deal. Well, she ends up calling our general doctor, our general practitioner, and then the doctor called like the county health, and then we had like the viral center, whatever whatever it's called, involved. And next thing you know, the next day, I got to go to the ER. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was just. I mean, a, I knew you were going. I didn't know it was I mean, this it, it, escalated. It, it literally felt like a movie. Really? It literally felt like a movie, yeah. So I, I have a, a signed appointment when I need to show up there. Because keep in mind, most people don't even qualify to get tested. So what, do, what does it need to be qualified? Why don't you take us through this experience? Okay, so, because most people out there right now that are getting sick, and it could be just this time of year yeah, where they're getting- wants to get tested. Oh, can I get tested? Not really, because we don't have that many tests. Right. So I had to go through a series of questions, and the two big ones were, you know, most of them were about symptoms, and, and quite honestly, like almost any f cold or flu symptom is what COVID-19 would show. 
The what two, was the other criteria? The, the two big ones that like were the reason why I got tested was was I overseas? Right, you were just in Germany. I was just in Germany, and then even after Germany, I was only home for like two days, and then I went to a, a fluid power trade show in Vegas. And there, of course, Vegas, there's people from all over the world. Absolutely, stayed in a casino. It was crazy. So was I overseas? And the second question was, did I come into contact with anyone who had been confirmed as a case for the coronavirus? And yes, I was overseas, but no. You did not come with anyone that you no. know of that had been no, tested no, positive. No one that I knew was confirmed. Right. But, you know, some of my colleagues overseas had a cold. So I said, you know what? I do have a cold. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to cry about it, but <laughs> I do have a cold. And, you know, I had a fever, but it was only one day and it was a small fever. Well, sure enough, like I, I must have said the wrong thing because they flagged me. I had a specific time where I had to go to the ER. They walk me in. I couldn't sit down. I had to stand in the corner. First thing they do is put a mask on my face. Then I had to go into a room, and I'm in a hospital room by myself for 45 minutes before anyone walks in. Wow. Two people walk in in complete hazmat suits. Complete wow. hazmat suits, like head to toe. And that's, like, that's sobering. Yeah, and I was like, geez, this is crazy, you know? And the test took two minutes. They swabbed my nose, and they got to go way up your I nose. heard that. Not I like, heard people are coughing while they're swabbing your nose. Yeah, like up towards like your like brain. Like your brain? Yeah, I was like- Like you're sticking a Q-tip up to your brain? Yeah, it was the most uncomfortable thing. I was like, oh my gosh, you just got my brain. Now I got to go to the brain center. And they, But they wouldn't laugh. Like they were so, I was, you know, I'm always clowning around. Right. They were so serious. Well, it, it, it is serious. And I was, I was probably just like, okay, I've been in here for 45 minutes. I'm going stir crazy. But the test took two minutes. I sat in that room for a total of three and a half hours. Wow. I'm sorry, man. They tested me for influenza and strep. Both those came back negative. And the coronavirus, they had to send to Chicago. From I was in Rockford where I got tested. Yep. So I'm in my daughter's room. That's the room we chose for me to be self-quarantined. Barely came out for like three or four days. And finally, of course, as I knew, I was going to say, please don't tell me you positive. I wouldn't you're, be you're here positive. if I was positive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I was negative. Thank God. And thank God. Yeah, it's, it was just a crazy experience. It, it it got me to think about how serious this could be. Yeah. Because even in one of our previous episodes, I was like, "Hey, don't change your life too much. You know, don't freak out." But we are changing our life, and now we're forced to change our life. We're forced to change our life. So. There, I mean, there's so many new things coming out every day. I just we can't even keep up with it. Quite frankly, all yeah. we can do is just get the facts and make decisions today on what we're going to do tomorrow. And that's Don't the think hard about, part, though. That's the, the hard part. I mean, like, it's so hard to figure out what the facts actually are, because depending on what you read, it's like, some people say, like, don't even breathe, pretty much. And then other people are like, okay, well, it's being overhyped. So right. quite honestly, I don't really know. I don't either. But here's what we do know. What I did in preparation for this show is I, I, I found out what the true definition of the word pandemic was, and I'm going to read it. A pandemic is a disease epidemic that has spread across a large region, for instance, multiple continents or worldwide. We hit all those, we checked all those boxes, yep. right? A widespread endemic disease with a stable number of infected people is not a pandemic. You, Nick Golner, be, being a young millennial, probably have never really understood a pandemic or an epidemic I like mean, this before ever. I've never so, been through anything even close to this. I remember like H1N1 and stuff, you know, being yeah. a big deal, but nothing like this. So I Googled the last true pandemics that the world or the at least the United States has been through in the last hundred years. And of course, the last one and probably a pretty significant one was the HIV AIDS pandemic, which 
killed 36 million people starting in 1981. And I remember that because it was 1985 and there was all of this controversy flying around and no one knew what the heck was going. Everyone was scared. They wouldn't drink out of glasses or anything. Because here's the thing, when a pandemic starts to hit, no one has data on how transmission is caught. So, you know, people were saying you can get HIV from drinking out of a glass or breathing on somebody, breathing on yeah. somebody. And, yeah. and quite frankly, what we've learned now in 2020 is to get the HIV virus. It's, it's not just a friendly handshake. It's significant, right? Yeah, right, right. It, it's significant. But at the end, it was a true pandemic. It is down. Thank God. Modern medicine right. had figured out a way to but still in mitigate parts of the country. I mean, it's yes. still a huge problem. So w- going back to that, I mean, I wasn't even born in eighty one or eighty two. I was born in eighty seven. So oh going back God. to that, oh my God, I know Make you know me like, feel old, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how well. Speaking of coronavirus, my wife right? and I had to take an HIV test in nineteen eighty eight to even get married. That's how bad it was. So that's what I was just going to ask. Compare your memory of what that was like to what we're dealing with right now. What was a bigger deal with society? Well, okay. That's a good question. That's a very good question. So what I remember is fear in the general public that no one knew how transmission was caused. Of course, Mm. there, there was no question that it was related to fluids or well they didn't even know that they knew the gay community it was prevalent in the gay community that's really all they knew right but i don't remember and remember i was only in my late 20s or middle to late 20s when this was just starting out but i don't remember it having an effect on the economy like it's doing today Mm -hmm. but i do remember fear and panic in a lot of people it it certainly didn't shut things down because they knew it was too like now news is just like boom talk about viral i mean the stories go viral exactly so back then i mean it's not like someone would be tweeting and like all the news was covered the same way i mean you know more than i do but I just imagine how different the the transfer of knowledge was. Right. We didn't have smart devices or smartphones back then, right. wow. so it was it was bad. It was really bad. And but I feel like they they got to it fairly quickly. And at least it's really not it's really not a big deal anymore. So, well, it is, but it isn't. At least it's not a death. It's sentence. not. Um, it's not a death sentence. It's not an urgent pandemic like what we're dealing with right now. No. And then before that was the what they called the Hong Kong flu pandemic of 1968. Again, I was a very young kid at then. There was a million deaths associated with that pandemic. Wow. And before that, the Asian flu in 1956 through 58, 2 million deaths. Wow. Before that was the Spanish flu pandemic, which was the worst in history, killed 20 to 50 million people. The Spanish flu of 1918. And then before that was the sixth cholera pandemic in 1910. It had about 800,000 deaths. So I don't know where we're at right now on the death toll worldwide from COVID-19. Yeah, I don't think it's anywhere near some of those numbers. It is not. So, But the thing is, I think that what people are scared of right now is we really don't know yet how it's transmitted. We know it's through coughing and droplets in 
when somebody coughs and sneezes, and if it gets on a surface and you pick it up and you touch your eye, you touch your nose, you touch your mouth, it's going to get into your system in some capacity. Right. So we're learning a new- Lots uh, of new terms. Lots of new terms. Yes, uh, yes, social yes. distancing. Yeah. Well, we're, we're not as close as we might be. We're not. <laughs> we're about three feet away from yeah, each other right now. I think it's now. supposed to be six, so we might have to cut we and might. Uh, move, move further away. We might. Do the five. Have you heard what that is? I do not know what that so is. So if you go what to Google, that? you'll see it right at the bottom of your screen. Oh, one, I've seen it's the hand sip. The hand. The hand one, sip. two, three, four, five. One, wash your hands. Wash them often. Two, elbow cough into your, if you're going to sneeze or cough, do it into your elbow. Okay. Face, do not touch it because that's how it gets into your system. Four feet, stay more than three feet apart. So it is three feet for oh, social okay. distancing. That kind of feet. And then five, feel sick stay home. So if you're feeling sick, something's not right, right. stay home because you don't want to well, that's exactly compromise an environment that you're in. I never, even though I just had minor cold symptoms, I didn't go to work because I was like, okay, let's let's at least check the box here. Right. You know, make sure we're okay. Yeah. Quarantine, we all know what that is right now. People that have potential symptoms or asymptomatic had to go into quarantine. Well, there's self-quarantine, which is what I did. Right. And then there's forced quarantine, which there's all sorts of talk about where that might happen. Right. So I heard something about like San Francisco is like a- Well, that's and, the next word. It's yeah. called shelter in place. Oh, okay. So really? the city of San Francisco is a shelter in place right now. Okay. Which means- Everybody, 7 million people, the residents of San Francisco, are staying inside for two weeks. Wow. There's talk. It might even be in place or in force by the time this episode comes out, but they're talking about the state of Illinois to go in shelter in oh, place. Oh, geez. Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, effective, you know what? effective tonight at 5 p.m. is what I heard. My in-laws are Sicilian, and they were saying in Italy, if you walk out of your house... You're going to cops are all over you. Oh, really? Yeah. I hope that's not what it gets to. I know. Uh, wash your hands. You know, the basic fundamental things of hygiene that our parents taught us when we were kids. Yeah. Recession. A lot of people talking recession and how bad it could really get. Right. And then unemployment. I heard a statistic yesterday that said that this could potentially put us at a 20% unemployment rate and that just due to the restaurant and the hospitality industry shutting down, we have gone 10 times. Our employment is up 10 times what it was oh, two geez. weeks ago. I know that all too well because- you Your know, family's my, my, involved yeah, in the restaurants. Exactly. No more in dining or in drinking. All, again, all the restaurants, I yeah. think all over the country. I know North Carolina, California, Illinois, New York, Boston, they're all practicing. You know what's pretty cool about that actually is- just Why how, is it cool? How, how communities are coming together because of it. Okay. So I don't know if the audience knows, but my in-laws own like a big Italian restaurant sure. in town. And the Making Chips marketing team like kind of came to the aid. Cool. We were transitioning everything from in-dining, you know, fine dining in-house to Facebook targeted local ads and Google ads all for our pickup at the window and free delivery and fine dine at home. Keep That's your cool, social Nick. distance, yeah. but have... Have a great experience at your house. Don't just sit there and, you know, be depressed. Well, at least they adopted to a new lifestyle right. that we're living in exactly. right now, right? Absolutely. And then the word canceled. How many times have we heard the word canceled in Everything the last three weeks? Canceled. Everything's canceled. And we're waiting on a couple big things in this industry to find out if, if those are canceled too. So, And the last one, but probably certainly not least, the last one that I have is closed. It seems like, I mean, I heard like yeah. Nordstrom is closed for two weeks. Yep, exactly. a, a lot of retail stores have closed for two weeks. Yep. And it's really kind of full of anxiety. It's mm -hmm. creating a lot of anxiety among everyone around the, the country and around the world. 
I kind of put together a short list of things to do and not do while we're learning about this pandemic and how we're going to transition out of the pandemic. Because, you know, everyone's talking about flattening the curve Mm -hmm. and that's the whole objective to self-quarantine and and secure and shelter in place. My understanding of flatten the curve... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's going to spread. It's going to spread. And so instead of it spiking where we don't have the capacity as a nation to handle everything. The hospitals. We're trying to slow the curve down so it's maybe not such a high spike, but like a longer, more flat curve. Then. Exactly. Is that the way? Okay. That's exactly what it is. They're trying to minimize the outbreak. Okay. And that's the whole, the whole objective to shelter in place. Mm-hmm. So I've compiled a small list of things to do okay. while we're living in this uncertainty. While we're right? flattening the curve, while what are we going to do? While we're trying to flatten the curve. So my big thing is, and you know, I came, my, my car machine and tool team this week, I, of course, I feel morally and ethically responsible to keep them on top of all the things that I'm hearing among my top level peers in manufacturing. I'm hearing a lot. I'm hearing a lot of insight, but the number one most profound thing that I can tell my team at CAR and the Metalworking Nation is stay positive. Mm-hmm. Stay positive about this whole thing. You know, we live in the the wealthiest and the most powerful country in the world. That's definitely an advantage. We're not in a third world country right. where there's a, a pandemic overcoming it. Exactly. We don't have the resources to handle it. There's a lot of smart, smart people in this country. We've got money, we've got power, and we will be fine. Yeah. So s- stay positive, even though we're going And there's through- a lot of opportunity that you can find in a challenge like this. Absolutely, you know? um, absolutely. So do minimize your exposure by limiting group meetings to 10 people or less. That goes without saying. Yeah, we had to tell our nine guests not to show up today. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> sure. Stay away from vul- vulnerable people like people that are sick, people that are 65 and older, anyone that has been traveling to the hot zones like China, Korea, Italy, France. Right, right. And there's even a hot, there's a hot zone in New York City right now. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. There was an attorney that was traveling through Grand Central Station, and he, I think he infected like 20 people oh, that geez. they know of. So geez. stay away from those hot zones. And then the list of don't things to do is, again, by staying positive, I don't want you to panic. Yeah. Don't panic. Don't cry. Don't go into a <laughs> corner. Yeah. Don't cry. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And there's there's definitely some panic around our shop. Is there? Yeah. People have like borders around their cubicles and things like that. Like don't enter. We got signs. On, and I think a lot of that is just good precaution. But for the most part, it's business as usual. We've, we've got to make some changes, but we don't want to freak out and have our mind like not even be able to be present with our work. You yeah. Know? What about the shop floor? Because you've got how many people around the shop floor? Oh, geez. I don't know. Maybe 60, 70. So, so what, what if, what if one of those laborers, the CNC machinists that's in your shop gets infected? What, what are you going to do? Well, our, our HR do you have a protocol? is absolutely all over it. We're, the whole company is getting emails like every single day on if this, if that. Okay. And of course, if anyone's showing any symptoms, they're not coming to work. Oh, they can't. So, no. Yeah. And I don't think anyone at our company who could be a candidate, you know, as far as like traveling internationally or around someone else who had it, I don't think any, there's one case I can think of. The people who did travel internationally, like me, got tested. So we're making some changes. There's no travel right now on airplanes. So all of your salespeople? No, no one is no using one? any planes. No one is going overseas, even limiting like regional travel. So yeah, we're making some shifts. 
for, with how we work, but I don't think people are, are panicking too much for the most part at our company. I'm, I'm really proud of how our team has handled it. Cool. What about you, your guys? I mean, so good question, and thank you for asking. Yeah. So we're about eight people total. So we feel as though that we're really controlling our environment that we work on. We're practicing social distancing at least, you know, three feet, but we are limiting the amount of visitors into our facility. You almost didn't let me in today. I almost didn't let you in, <laughs> but no, I of course you had to be here, and you just got tested, and so yeah, anyway. Right. We do have a sign stating that we are limiting the amount of outside people into the facility. And the, the other thing, too, is we feel as though that we, one of those manufacturers that aid to medical and military, which is essential. We're an yeah, essential. Yeah. Sure, sure. So if we're an essential manufacturer to the medical and military, I think there's no way they're going to yeah, shut us gonna down. Yeah, I was going to ask that. So I heard like it could live for up to three days on surfaces, like plastic I did. surfaces. So with your, you know, you're supplying to some of these companies in medical or military, have they put any sort of restrictions on you guys for how you should ship things or what you can ship or when it can ship or anything like that? I have not seen those protocols yet okay. across in my emails so or at all. So business as usual for the most it's part. It's pretty much business. I mean, Nick, I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I, I do know that I have not seen those protocols put into place. Yeah, by the yet. time this releases, everything could be different, right? It could be a lot different. Wow. And that's only Monday, right? Another thing too, and I, I shared this with my car team here on Wednesday, is don't make quick decisions. My dad always used to say, if you can hold off making a big decision, you're probably going to put yourself in a better situation. You say that all the time. I do. And it's you know true. I, it, Have it you ever? It's true. Did you, I hope you thought of me when well, I told when I told well, you that. Yeah, because like remember my commitment to the leadership at making chips is I'm gonna I'm gonna take a day when something happens. I'm gonna take a day and think about it, and then come and talk to you guys. And and I've already know it. Not even just in making chips, but just in my life. There's not, I'm like one of those. Okay, I got to fix this type people. Right. It's like all right, maybe I'll just let it sit. I probably will have to fix it. Yeah. But it might fix itself. It could. So it could. So I try but to take a little bit of time to think about my decisions now. You'll be more prepared to make that decision by holding off before you make it. Right. Exactly. I didn't want to get into the the specifics of what decisions could be made without thinking about, but I think people know what that is. Sure. I, so. At the end of the day, I don't want to bore people with more COVID-19 talk, but we talked about this. We felt that we were ethically and morally responsible to talk about it to yeah. the metalworking and community. And impacting us. We're just a part of the metalworking community, you know? So it's like, what do we feel? And everyone else is probably feeling the same thing. Same thing. I got like 10,000 emails about COVID-19 from all of our partners and suppliers and stuff. So Exactly. What does it all mean? What is the potential economic ramifications. Oh, I mean, Ultimately, does anyone really know? No one knows, yeah. but we need to be, I think what we need to do as a community, an industrial community, is we need to think about what are the potentials. So unemployment yeah. is a big sure. scare. The loss of the 401k retirements account. Mm -hmm. I think the stock market's been down, is down 30%. Might be a good idea to just not look at your 401k right now. I just, think it's a great idea. Wait. Don't panic. Yeah. Yeah. Don't panic. It'll come back. I remember in 2008, it was it did a deep dive, and I told everyone, "Don't panic; just it'll come back." And it did. Yeah, recession. There's a looming recession now. So because yeah, is this the catalyst that triggers this recession we talk about, where everyone says it's inevitable? Is this the catalyst? 
Is I, this what's going to send us into it? I hope not. Me too. I think that it, it could be anywhere from a minor recession to a major recession. Sure. And anywhere in between. But right. the other thing too is, I, gosh, not only the people that work in the hospitality industry, the economic loss of income from that, but the airlines. I know. The airlines. And we'll see what the government does, because I think there's some of these key industries who are really taking the brunt of it. And we keep hearing like that there's going to be some sort of bailout or whatever you want to call it, some sort of stimulus package or something. Well, they're thinking about sending a check to every single person in the United States in the next two weeks. I wouldn't complain. Yeah, I wouldn't (laughs) either. I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm on my device and I just said, you know, I'm going to check some airline prices. I looked at what a round trip airfare would cost from Chicago O'Hare to Miami. Very interested in this. Miami, Florida, leaving tomorrow, tomorrow and coming back on Monday. $43 $43 round trip. Chicago to Miami. Chicago to Miami. $43 oh, round man. leaving in one day. I know it's a bad idea, but I almost want to figure out how to go on a I nice know. trip right now. But how do you go? Uh, if you yeah. go to Miami, the beach is closed, the restaurants yeah, are closed, might, the bars you, are you closed. You might as well just be stuck. Yeah. What are you going to yeah. do? Sit in your well, rental car? I would want to go to like hiking in the mountains in Colorado or something and just get away from the that world. That would be for cool. Wow, that would be good. But and the other I mean, thing, we got too many things that we got to deal with right now to even think about taking a trip. Yeah. The last one is the news from yesterday with the big three auto manufacturers closing for two weeks. I can't even imagine the ramifications of that. So I don't know. Lots to think about. Let's move away from all the bad things that could happen. Let's talk about the positive. Got any? I got a couple. What do you think? I'm curious about this positive, but with, so, you know, the backlogs are going to fill up, right? If, If all these big auto manufacturers slow, is there going to be like a snapback period where it's like, Okay, now it's all these restrictions come off. You know, maybe this thing blows over, God willing. And do we snap back and do we see a spring back in the economy? I don't know. I mean, that could be a positive, right? It could be. I think there's going to definitely be demand because there's going to be loss of inventory, right? Right. If we're not making stuff and the demand is still there, all of that inventory is going to be sucked out of our facilities, right? Yeah. So as soon as that we go back to manufacturing, there's going to be a huge demand to get it right away. And I think the demand is going to drive price. Because mm-hmm. anytime there's a demand for something, what does it do? If there's a demand for a round trip airfare to Miami, yeah, Florida, what happens? Right? If there's not, it's going to go down. Right. So I think that that is a potential positive that we could see in but the future. Like, you don't know. You, you don't, know, you don't know. know what's going to happen. There's, there's so many different variables in it. For me, at least, I just feel like, geez, I don't even know what to think. So I'm just going to keep plugging along. Yeah. I think that another positive is we'll always remember to practice better hygiene. Yeah. For sure. So my wife's always like, wash your hands, wash your hands to the kids all the time. Yeah. And now I'm like actually listening to her. Listen, it (laughs) makes sense. washing my hands like crazy. It makes sense. So with that, I just want to say to the metalworking nation, you know, we're all together in this Mm -hmm. and- Sorry if that we're boring you with another COVID-19 noise in your ears, but we just wanted to address the elephant in the room and, and make sure that you you know that we're suffering along with you and that as a community of leaders and industrial, the metalworking nation, that you know we have to stick together and, and we will get through this. That's one thing I know for sure that will happen. We will get through this, but just hang tight. Make good decisions. Don't do anything drastic. And actually, in our next episode, we're going to talk about some 
some practical things that you can do to make this Good adjustment. Idea. Good idea. More, this one was more sobering and okay, here we are. Here we and are. The next one's going to be like, what are we going to do about it? So we're not even going to say our typical end of episode tagline. What we're going to say is be well and stay healthy. Bam. Bam. Metalworking Nation, listen up. Manufacturing is challenging. You need to think differently. The day-to-day whirlwind of urgencies, the pressure to grow, customer demands, workforce development, new machine tools and robots, the list goes on and on. It is possible to stay ahead of the game of manufacturing, but you can't do it alone. We're here to give you access to exclusive content from other leaders, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you on making chips. 